Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Zach, and with me this week is friend of the show, uh, our highest recurring guest, uh, and just all-around pal, Charlie Davis. Charlie, how you doing today? I'm okay, Zach. Thank you. Uh, that's a That's a prestigious like accolade i feel like i should probably get like a certificate printed out or something <laughs> i mean look we'll see what we can do we'll see what we can do okay. uh so yeah charlie's here with us this week and we decided since uh charlie what if you were going to give yourself a title uh which you have done before what would that title be well, it's it's rotated. Um, I, I really did like world's premiere Shatterstarologist. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, it has it has shifted a bit. I would like to say I have a PhD in Shatterstarology. That's also a good one. That's um, good. That one, that one looks nice, probably on a resume somewhere. Man, if you put anything about this podcast on a resume, you're making choices. <laughs> I don't even know how you, like, shine up your podcast skills on a resume, so let's just not even try. What you do, what you do is mention that you are a leading podcast in your category, uh, breaking the, you know, iTunes uh, charts for your category in the top 100, and not mentioning that you're only the third most popular X-Men podcast out there. Okay, fair. I don't know where those credentials would uh, help you out. But um, I think it it makes a nice rounded out resume. It really does. It really does. And uh, we're going to round out our resume today uh, by talking about uh, some stories around the Shattered Star. Yes. I tried not to be entirely predictable. It just just ends up this way. To be fair, to be fair, when we were discussing this episode... You threw out a bunch of suggestions that I had to veto because we have them upcoming on other episodes or things like that. Yes. So I just, uh, I slid into my comfortable box. So here's, here we are. Now let's get real comfortable and talk about uh, Shatterstar's first miniseries. Uh, this is X-Force Shatterstar from 2005, uh, plotted by The Rob, Rob Liefeld, uh, uh, with scripts by Brandon Thomas and art by Marette Michaels. So, this is this is a thing. In 2005, uh, at the nadir of the X-Force ecstatics, uh, I, I feel like Marvel didn't know what they wanted the brand of X-Force to be. Yeah, and it... I think they had drifted so far away from what it had initially been to what it what they made it, you know, with Ecstatics. And then, like a terrible monster, we've just circled back on, on, it, on itself here at this, at this juncture. Yeah, because this is the sequel to uh, Fabian Nicieza and Rob Liefeld's uh, X-Force Volume 2 miniseries. 
But it's also a prequel to that series, uh, which is a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, That series is bad, though, guys. Uh, It's about the five fingers of annihilation. Oh, it's... (laughs) Okay. And Scorn? You remember Scorn, right? Oh, boy. Um, I've only read that one once. And I felt like I had to out of, like, pure obligation. So, like, you don't get a title like mine and haven't, like, pulled yourself through breaking glass. Um, So, you know, I I went there and um, it's not great. I think Fabian tries to do the best he can. The Um, Fabian Nisiesa story. Yeah, he tried. (laughs) I... I love my personal best friend, Fabian Nisiesa, and he tries so hard, so frequently. Uh, anyway, he's not involved in the Shatterstar story, uh, which kind of fills in the gaps of what Shatterstar was doing before they found him with some monks in that X-Force run. Which is fighting in a gladiatorial arena, because I guess that's the only thing you can ever do. Right, uh... So Shatterstar is a known gladiator. He does go to this gladiatorial arena, and he gets approached by a guy who talks to him about the five fingers of annihilation and all these things. And then Shatterstar just kind of goes on this adventure to try and stop the destruction of the universe. But, oh no, wouldn't you know it, he gets distracted by Spiral. Who they then get launched into the future? Question mark? A future. future? We're talking about Earth 2055, uh, the reality conquered by Spiral, who ruled it for three years and brought Dominic Pierce there. And um, has frequently has intimate relations with Sunspot. Oh, yeah, there is definitely a part where she... uh, So Sunspot's undercover for Cable and the Ascani and X-Force. Uh, But his undercover involves going under the covers uh, with Spiral, which which they go into a lot of uh, detail on. Yeah, they sure do. Really talking about uh, him uh, dancing through the wild ways with her. That was nice. I appreciate appreciate your tact on that one. Such Um, a good innuendo. I'm going to use that later. Yeah, you you need to write that one down and keep it fresh. But this um this I I wrote a tweet about this my journey through this one, which was reading this comic feels like I'm getting dangerously close to acid that will kill me immediately. <laughs> but that's because that's how I felt while I was reading it. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 talk about the good in this. And I know you want to say there's no good in this. I think there's some good in this. I would like you to... Let me know, please, Zach. I would love to hear your opinion about this. Okay. None of the good comes from Shatterstar's character in this because he is a blank slate uh, that's just used to do poses and swing swords in this story. He has no real character arc. He has no real motivation. He is irrelevant to this story. And I know... It could be anybody else. It could could be. anybody else. I know that's an issue for you, and we're going to put a pin in it. It doesn't make the story better. What is good? Two things. One, Cable and Shatterstar are talking in the future once, and Cable talks about the prophecy, and Shatterstar says, of the 12? And he says, no, of the 12,000. (laughs) 
which is good comic book stuff. Yes. And then when they go to attack Spiral's castle, they fly on Lockheed's, and it looks like like a Frazetta heavy metal sword and sorcery cover, and it's very good. Yes, and I... I'm not wrong. That's great. All that's good. There's just an entire comic built around it. So I have a... Okay. So this is four issues long. It is. It feels like it could have been like... We could have just like had this like in one issue. I don't... I don't... mm. This is hard for me because I don't like to be so negative about things, but uh, this has, like, it is the most bland thing. Like, even if we just take out Star entirely, which you can because he is not recognizable in any way, shape, or form here. Um, maybe in those first couple issues of X-Horse. Maybe. Um, but he, like, speaks... He, hmm. Oh boy, that's a lot for me. I'm not going. I'm not going down that path. Oh no, but, I th- I think I think we've cleared away the brush, and we do need to, we do need to blaze those trails, Charlie. Okay. Do we want to set everything on fire then? Okay. Let's do this then. So, to Rob, I don't really even know who Shatterstar is to him, other than this extremely uncharismatic warrior who is beholden only to honor and of no human connection whatsoever. So in the beginning of this miniseries, he is in Madripoor and he's, there are all these like, there's like basically an opening monologue where he talks about how all the people in Madripoor are like filthy and like he, like being there like drags him closer down to being like them and that is just not the narrative that Star should have, nor, I believe, any character that you're supposed to relate to at all in a book. I think that's fair. I feel like uh, Shatterstar is very much into the more Yo! MTV Raps side of humans than saying, I am better than all of them. Correct. And don't get me wrong, there are some places to sprinkle something like that but at the point star would have been in 2005 like after all of x-force has gone and and run its course it's not this and you can just tell anytime rob gets a hold of star he just does a big old reset and it's unbecoming shall we say um but uh he doesn't play nice with others and we know that we all should know that in 2019 (laughs) yeah um mm -mm. the rob so the the rob was part of our 100th celebration regardless of if he technically consented to it or not (laughs) a a non-consensual celebration just has me laughing i'm sorry Rob, well, one, that's just called a surprise. And two. <laughs> In fact, I think that's what Star might call a surprise. So let's just say that. that. That's that's by definition a surprise party is a non-consensual celebration. Uh, let's get that one right out of the way. Uh, two, 
in in the intervening months, uh, the Robs made some choices about how he dislikes uh, the House of X and the Powers of Ten and all of the current books that we are deeply enjoying. He's been a little angry about that recently, and you know what, bud? Good for you. I I paid you thirty bucks to make a joke at Adam once. Uh, so that's our relationship. You did a bad on Shatterstar here, though. and Yeah, and he's not the only one, because the penciler didn't do a great job either. So I would say that I imagine uh, Marat Michaels, who I don't know uh, in a larger sense. This is, I believe, the only thing I've seen him on. Uh, I've got to imagine that his assignment here was to ape uh, Liefeld. Oh, yes. And I think he does that, but he also does that. <laughs> like, yes. if if that if that was what he was going for, more power to him. He, uh, mm, man, he, it's just not the best reflection of a character and of an anything. And I feel it feels rough. Because the art is bad. Yeah, it's, um, like, this is straight out of, like, 1991, right? Like, with maybe some 2005 coloring, but in my opinion, the coloring makes the pencils, ugh. I was getting, like, I haven't read the Draco, and I'm not gonna touch it, because why do I want to do that to myself? Um... But it reminds me of some of the art I've seen in there. Is that a, would that be a stretch to say? I would, I would, I can get where you're coming from, though I think they're stylistically different. Uh, yes. I'd say doing a cursory Google search of Michael's, like, I found a Shatterstar of his that looks good. Like I had a feeling that was going to happen. I was like, we're going to say this about this man, and, like, he's going to have probably drawn some pretty cool art because, because people told him to draw like this. Well, also, yes, but the better thing that I found out about him is that he apparently had a either series or a set of one-shots or something uh, called Do You Poo? <sighs> Hold on. Hold on. It's... Not what you think. It's about Deadpool, but he's Winnie the Pooh. Oh, okay. Well, it was set up to make me feel weird. Oh, no, it it uh, definitely uh, makes me feel weird. Uh, and there's a lot. I've also found a uh, sexy girl wrestling uh, comic of his. The Amazing oh. Lady Death. Okay. Uh, man... I don't really want to see more of his stuff, but I'm deeply fascinated by it. <laughs> what a career. What a career. You guys can't see this. I'm dropping as many of these things as I can find into the uh, chat window here. Because this, th- this is this is a wild one. Yeah, um this is a this is a rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, all of the do you poos <laughs> do, uh, they, they are aping very famous comic covers. 
Zachary, this wrestling one is just not... Oh, boy. Is this certainly something? Oh, it's untenable. I can't. I've got I've got one here where he's doing uh, the Walking Dead number one cover, <laughs> but it's Winnie the Pooh dressed as Deadpool. I I don't understand this. Look, it's just it it's do you poo? I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> except for that I'm gonna look on it look for it on Comicsology, and if if I can find Do You Poo for less than, like, $3, I'm probably going to purchase an issue. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay, okay, no, it looks like it was a one-shot. Yes. But uh, Comic Book Realm talks about the number of covers that it has. And they list um, cover A, B, C, etc. Alphabetical. Hey Zach, is uh is a uh, is there a piglet uh Captain America on this one? I do believe so. Yes. Okay. Uh, Charlie, do, do you want to know how many uh, variant covers of Do You Poo there were? Um. Yes, I do want to know. I almost asked you if it was like Price of Right rule, Price is Right rules. If I could like just bet like one. And it's VV. <laughs> it goes up to VV. That's upsetting. Yeah, yeah, there's so many. Oh, I, I okay. have them. I have all of them in front of me. I'm going to look at them later. Yeah. You, you guys, I'm sorry. We're going to cut out so much of this poo talk. Uh, <laughs> this is a this is a situation. I knew this is going to happen. I knew this is going to happen because I didn't know who this man was and what he drew. And I knew that it was going to be something like this. I knew it. You knew that it was going to be Winnie the Pooh Deadpool doing homages to famous comic book covers? <laughs> I, I knew that it was going to be something bizarre because that's just what happens to artists that only get like one gig and then they like they sink back into like whatever they were doing, whether that's like weird, like like weird commissions or like they become a furry artist or apparently they do this. Here, here, here is one. And Charlie, I this is the last one I'm going to send you. This is okay. cover E. Uh, <laughs> All right. I, I, this one's so good that I have to. Um, okay. I can't, never mind. I can't find it. It's Winnie the Pooh Deadpool rolling up a blunt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one... I'm going to send you the picture. This one was a limited edition, one of a hundred. And I, I, I just, this is the last one I promise. I need you to describe this for me because I was not expecting it. Charlie, what, what do we see here? What do we see here? It's it's a it's it's definitely a liquid. Uh, 
it's 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 very white inconsistency, very milky inconsistency. Yeah, um, perhaps went too hard on the conditioner. Yeah. Um, and Winnie the Pooh Deadpool is between her bosoms, um, with a sword and a stick of dynamite. And yeah. uh, you can buy you can buy this on you can buy this on eBay for two hundred and twenty four dollars and ninety nine. I don't. I don't think we need to. We need to make it explicit that the woman is in a pose that you would not want children uh, to be purchasing this comic book. Um, no. Wow, that took a turn. You okay? You I'm okay, crying. bud? I'm crying. I did not expect to see this when I opened it up. It's the worst cover I've ever seen. There's so much going on. <laughs> this is so much. All right, guys, I will I will warn you, and this is probably too late. But if you were planning on googling this, if you were planning on googling this, this is not safe for work. Do not, do not, do not, do not open it up on your work computer. Maybe take your cell phone over to the bathroom and uh, no. Yeah, it's, it's so this many. Is, oh. Oh my hey, God. Uh, X-Force, <laughs> X-Force Shatterstar number one, uh, volume one. It's a bad comic, uh, and we talk about bad comics on this list, right? We do talk about bad comics on this list, but um, how bad is it, and where does it go? Well, right now, uh, on the master list, there are 303 comics. Uh, the number one comic of all, all X-Men of all time is the Dark Phoenix Saga. Number 100 is House of M. Number 200 is Uncanny X-Men 203. Freedom is a four-letter word. And uh, 303 is the Draco. Uh, it's aforementioned. Uh, this is better than the Draco. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw, throw one out there. I don't think you've read this one, but I think it is appropriate. I think this is worse than Wildcats X-Men. At 265. Okay. The, I haven't read it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna trust your judgment on this. Okay, you have read I, X Men. You, know, you have read You have read just a bit below that. X Force and Cable Annual nineteen ninety seven, where they fight some Nazis. Uh that's at number that two seventy four. That is a much more enjoyable story. Than this, like if someone, if somebody like said, you only get to take one of these mediocre to bad stories with you on a desert island. I'm picking that one every time. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, number 290 on our list, the Shatterstar Saga? That is better than this. Okay, it's not that much better than it. It's though. not. We're 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 like splitting hairs at that point. But again, it is more enjoyable to read if only because I'm reading that story and then I'm reading a manga. Like, how often do you say you're gonna read a comic book and then you start reading a manga like the last issue? Um, um well, <laughs> manga, manga and comics are the same thing, Charlie. So. I know. 
I know. Duh, you plebeian. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. But it's, yeah, it's splitting hairs at that point. That is a less cohesive story than this one. Right. What I can say about this is at least it tells a story from beginning to end that you can follow. Whether or not you like the story is a a different one, but... um, the Shadow Star Saga is a little incoherent in the fact that you may have read it and then not know what you, not known what you read. So I've I've read that story more than once and I don't know what's going on in it. But right below or right near below that, I'd say we have Eve of Destruction at two ninety two, which I think is slightly better than this. Yes, I do think this is better than Uncanny X Men Sisterhood by Fraction and Land. Uh, so I think this will be our new number uh, two ninety three X Force Shatterstar. All right. Well, we got, we sure learned a lot there, Zach. Yeah, we learned we learned so much about Do You Poo, uh, <laughs> and a little bit about uh, why Rob should probably never come back and and touch the characters he's created. Okay. If he does want to write about the Deadpool Winnie the Pooh. I guess. Um, I'm interested. I'm curious <laughs> what the Rob does with Deadpool Winnie the Pooh. I'm only uh, going to say, I'm, 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 I'm only going to pick that one up if Captain America Piglet is also in it. Okay, wait. Uh, shoot, he does the Deadpool good, the bad, and the ugly. But it's with, but it's with Winnie the Pooh Deadpool. All right. This, we've learned a whole lot today. Uh, just like our good pal Longshot learned a whole lot about himself in Longshot Saves the Marvel Universe, his 2014 miniseries written by Christopher Hastings uh, with pencils by Jacoby uh, Kamagiri uh, and some assists from Victor Calderon Zrutz. Nice, pr- nice pronunciation. I appreciate it. My- I appreciate you trying. I appreciate you trying. I tried so hard on this one. Uh, (laughs) Charlie, you know what happens in this comic? Um, Longshot ruins everything forever? No, Longshot saves the Marvel Universe. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's close. So, the good thing about Longshot, and I love Longshot. I love that Longshot is his own grandpa. Uh... Which makes Shatterstar his own grandpa ad infinitum. Yes. Ah, uh, it's very good there. Uh, it is. I like that Longshot's powers require him to be altruistic, and this comic questions that a lot because he's like, "Uh, what if I, what if I just want to be lucky every once in a while? What happens then?" Yeah, Longshot exudes himbo energy, um, especially it, in this comic book. You mean when he gets his he gets his haircut and he just gets shaved sides? And a big uh, l- little fluffy thing up top, but then he also keeps his sideburns way too low. <laughs> yes, this is the comic. Is if you if you haven't actually read this comic, I'm sure you've seen pictures or panels from this comic because it is where Longshot gets a much needed haircut. Um, say what you will. I guess you can like the mullet if you want. I don't. But hate you're it. wrong. And I don't hate a it. Bad look. It's look it. It was the right look for the time. Correct. And that time is over. And now we're here. Although and now I think we're here. I think Longshot's got his mullet back again. So. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, hair yeah. grows. I mean, it's natural. It's the natural progression of things. He forgot. He got his memory wiped and forgot. <sighs> yeah. But in Longshot Saves the Marvel Universe, Longshot has to save the Marvel Universe because uh, the in-betweener, who mm-hmm. is a cosmic entity, uh, not created for this comic, which is, again, wild. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that one is. <laughs> This is a this is a Jim Starlin creation uh, from the seventies. Uh, he's in between order and chaos, so half his face is order and half his face is chaos. Yes, he is a, uh, a yin and a yang, if you will. Yeah, uh, he wants to see what's going to happen. He doesn't like this situation, so he kind of causes some chaos with. Longshot's uh, luck powers because he thinks it's throwing things out of whack and creates multiple realities mm-hmm. ruled by order and ruled by chaos. And Longshot has to go through like this recursive loop thing to solve all this. And this is a re- <coughs> this is a really really fun story. I actually had not read it until I read it for this. Um, oh, you had it? It's I had, it's a blast. I hadn't. I had seen like I had like seen it around, and I knew that it was like fun. But I hadn't actually sat down to, like, read it because it's like, oh, you know, I I like Longshot. Don't get me wrong. But I think that much like his son. His father. And his father. People struggle with Longshot. Um, Yes. I I would even say that because Longshot is a Claremont-era character and has gotten brought back more, people tend to struggle more with Longshot than they do Shatterstar, because Shatterstar at least only has a few touch points, where Longshot has a lot, and they're all inconsistent. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think I think we haven't had a good Longshot story in quite a bit. Um, uh, probably since 2014. Yeah, this is probably the last one. This gave Longshot some much-needed... Like, obviously, he had a personality, like, all the way back, but over time, that gets so inconsistent and muddled up that it's like, okay, like, who actually is this person? And he gets mind-wiped so often that I think you can can make him, or, you know, writers think they can make make him whatever they really want, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, is that being, like, is that being sincere to Longshot? Like, you still have to go back and, and grab some of those threads. You can't just be like, okay, this is the character I want to write now. Um, people do that to everything, but I think Longshot suffers a lot from that. So, um, I th- I think Hastings does a little bit of this with Longshot, pulling from how Claremont tried to characterize it, but bringing it into the 21st century. Correct, yes. Because uh, this Longshot, which is very appropriate coming from uh, Chris Hastings, He's pretty much like a webcomic character who's walking around saying, ha ha, neat, to everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, things happen. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't I'm know. just doing my thing. It's wild, right? I'm so hot. <laughs> it's it's funny. Um, Christopher Hastings, good at comic books. Um, Dr. McNinja, Gwenpool, like he's, he's solid. Let's not talk about that time when he wrote a comic book in 2016 about uh, let's vote for Loki instead of anything else uh, because the world went to hell after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like that one's a oof, guys. I, I was reading that one on Unlimited, uh, and that aged so fast. 
in six months, it was nigh unreadable because no one wanted to make light of that. Like so many things in the year 2016. Um, yes. That, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I knew Christopher Hastings, like, first and foremost from, for, from Dr. McNinja, like, probably mm-hmm. so, so many people. Um, but when you give him a, a, like, when you let him tell the story he wants to tell, um, I think it's really good. Like, this and Gwen, his Gwenpool. Um, he also just did a cameo in, in Leah Williams' Gwenpool. <laughs> I mean, you say cameo. Great. He got paid for, he got paid a page rate, I assume. He got yes. paid for one page of comics. It was That good, was though. very funny. It was very, very good. Um, but this story is fun. It's got a lot of cameos in it. Um, Dazzler's here. Dazzler when she was Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Dazzler, which means I'm not sure if this takes place um, before or after Mystique masqueraded as her. But I'm going to just You mean take during... This- you mean during the one week where Dazzler was actually an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Correct. Um, so I'm going to assume it takes place within that very, like, nebulous time frame. <laughs> um, uh, but I-, I like this one a lot. It's got the the art's, like, very, like, I don't know, like, fun is the, is the way I want to describe it. It's, like, it's very cartoony without, like, being over the top, but it gets there when it needs to. Like, there's lots of silly things happening in this book. It's very emotive. Yes. Every Cap everything Wolf shows is, up. Cap Wolf shows up. Uh, Wolverine, Lord of the Vampires shows up. There's yes. a big fight. Uh, Craven, the hunter, has the Phoenix Force uh, for a hot second. Mm-hmm. Magneto's an old, which is great. Yes. Uh, there's so much that happens here. And it's not like... I'm not going to call this the tightest story that I've ever seen. Cause especially compared to how Hastings handled meta narrative and really complex story structure and things like, uh, the unbeat or what was it? The un, what Gwenpool? Unstoppable? Unstoppable Un- Gwenpool? Uh, Is that it? yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. just a minute. Now I'm, I'm paranoid about it. <laughs> it wasn't, it was unbelievable. Okay. I was like, it's not unbearable. Uh, <laughs> what a name for a miniseries. A freaking look. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call up Jordan D. White and say, Unbearable Gwenpool. Give me this. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh anyway, so I I don't think it's the tightest book that has ever been written. I think there's definitely some issues with it. Uh, there's some fun, especially in the third issue when Chaos shows up, and Chaos is just kind of like, hey man, whatever's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. The universe is entropy. I don't actually have to do anything. Bad stuff's just about to happen. Yes. There's a part where, there's, I do like the part where, uh, the, uh, Longshot's about to get crashed into a helicarrier, (laughs) and Chaos just kind of shows up, and he's like, hey man, what's going on? I really would like to see see that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is gonna suck for you, isn't it? It's very good. He's Hastings' humor in this is tight. His script writing will get tighter in the future. Yeah, this is he's got good comedic ta- timing here, um, which is like hard. It's it's hard to do um, well. I really like the callbacks to the original Longshot mini. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets made, like, when Longshot's like, yeah, I had, there was this ritual, and that's how I got my luck powers. <laughs> um, you know, so it's got those, like, things sprinkled in there. So, I think if you really love Longshot, like, there's no reason not to like this book. 
Yeah, it's fun. I'd like to see this specific long shot come back. I know long shots coming. He is incoming. Uh, he he's coming in hot uh, in the world of Hawksbox soon. Yes. Uh, which, that's. Got... I hope that's not a spoiler for people. It's in promo material that Marvel has. You, you just have, might have missed it. You do have to realize that people, some people, like they who are not us, don't look at that stuff. Yeah, um, I, I guess some people don't think about X Men as much as I do. Wild. Uh, anyway, long shots coming, guys. It's gonna be neat. Yeah, I uh, wish. I hope that he he needs to. I think he needs to extricate himself from Mojo. Um, not completely. Obviously, it's very important to who he is. But I think he needs more stories, like, where he is just being long shot. Just being kind of a neat guy. Yeah. So I, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's a common struggle with long shot and even Shatterstar to a lesser extent of being really tied to that specific, one specific idea. You know, long shot fights Mojo's. Shatterstar is Gladiator. Yeah. And that's how, and that's, like, what happens, right? It's, it's, like, the long form of, like, what happens to, like, characters that are on, like, very long-running television shows. Like, mm-hmm. um, as they continue down the path, they get boiled down to trope. So, mm-hmm. it's not just, like, the nuanced character we started to learn about in season two. Instead, it's, like, like goofy girl next door. Like, that's just... It, it, it just is something that, that strangely happens as things go forward, especially with, like, a long-form narrative like comic books. Um, but there are people working on the X-Books now that I feel, like, are more than capable of, like, doing something very nuanced with Longshot and, like, giving him those things. Leah Williams, Leah Williams, um, Vito, Look, you know. Le- <laughs> Leah would write a very good Longshot. I'm I'm gonna throw this out there and it's gonna sound weird, but give it a second. I think Ed Brisson could write a pretty darn good long shot. I think you're right. I think when Ed is firing on the cylinders he wants to fire on, like the things he wants to do, like I think that's that's very, very possible. Like there was humor inside of his X Force run. It just was like covered up with a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and when it shone through, it was great. Um, but it also had to slog through the mud to get there. Um, so, you know, all in all, this is good. More like this, please. <laughs> more like this, please. Uh, now, we do have a lot more stories, and we should talk about them on our list. Uh, what I'm looking at uh, is a story that I know is enjoyable but flawed. Uh, and that is number 152 on this list, Phoenix Resurrection, The Return of Jean Grey. I think <sighs> I like that story better because that story, it hooked me at the start and kept running but then petered out. Yeah, and it is much, like, depend, like even if you didn't like the the way the story was structured or, like, how that played out, it was also, like, far more important to the greater sum of things. Right. So I, I think that one's a bit higher than this, but I think we're in the right area. Like, another humorous story that's just a little bit lower at 167 is Spider-Man and the X-Men 1 and 2, that time that Soren wanted to turn people into dinosaurs. I like this better than that. I do, too. Uh, so I'm looking up 
Okay, 164 on this list is Uncanny X-Men uh, 540 to 543, Fear Itself. And right below that is the Ultimate Spider-Man story where Wolverine and Peter Parker switch bodies. I actually think that's the perfect spot for it. Yeah, I, th- I do too. That that has the, that story's got the same feeling this one does, so I agree. So this will be our new number 165, Longshot Saves the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the boy. We're going to talk about the boy, and I know Charlie's excited, and Charlie yeah. knows that I'm less excited uh but we're we're going to talk about the boy here we can have a conversation about it (laughs) we've we can have a conversation that we've been having pretty much ad infinitum for a year now uh anytime (laughs) this comes up this is shatterstar volume one one through five uh from 2018 written by tim seeley with pencils by carlos villa and geraldo saudoval Sandoval. Sand, you got it. I got it. I got it eventually. Got it in two. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, you have affection for this this book. I'd like to. I'd like you to talk about that. I have an extreme affection for this book, um, which isn't without its. There are parts of it that I, you know, could do without, but I think in 2018 as a whole, this. Probably was everything I wanted out of a Shatterstar story that focused on him exclusively. It was written by somebody who did their homework and not only just did their homework, but approached the book with honest affection for what they were writing inside of it. And you just can't say that for a lot of comics. No, um, I think I think Tim Seeley, in all the times I've talked to him, you know, really, and I say all the times I talked to him once. It was all recorded. You guys, you guys, I talked, go back I talked to him once too. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, no, I've seen you talk to him at least two times in a weekend. More so. than once, yeah, like three times probably. Yeah. You were really into this book. Uh, that's that's all back in our C two E two special. Charlie was on that one too. It was a fun time. Anyway. Uh, yeah, in, so in this book, Shatterstar has decided to buy up real estate and fill it with extra-dimensional refugees. He's broken up with Richter. Richter mm-hmm. has started a punk bar, uh, much like the one that was right across from our apartment at C2E2. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh... He then uh, has all of his tenants kidnapped by the Grandmaster, uh, who you may know as uh, Jeff Goldblum's character from Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And Shatterstar decides that, you know, God forgive him, but he has to go back to the old him uh, and go rescue them. It's John Wick without the dog. Oh, there's a dog. There is a dog. That is one thing I know you dislike about this story. Um but it is it is essentially John Wick to an extent, which I don't think is a bad format to go off of when you're writing a story. Um, and I think that Star fits this he, he fits this 
world that Tim has created for him, like, very well. Because he's not just one-dimensional. I think some of his motivations in the story kind of come off that way. But I think what it's really trying to tell you is a story that's, like, coming from a bunch of different places and that sometimes hinders it. So it's trying to be this meta-narrative outside of the actual story because mojo and I guess that's something you need. Um, It's trying to give you this emotional story about Star, um, which I think it very much succeeds at doing. And then it's like also trying to fill in gaps in canon. So it's got some pretty deep pulls. Um, it talks about Windsong, like Star's wife, quote unquote. Um, all the way yeah, back his, from his genetic wife. His genetic wife. His genetic wife. Yeah. Uh, also, Windsong has the guy that she's with, who's just Michael Jackson. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and then with- Shatterstar. Shatterstar has a has someone in this uh, story that you know he had a relationship with, named Gringrave, the smiling executioner. Yes. Um, Who I think is fascinating, not necessarily as deep as maybe you'd want, but I think a good foil for Star to show just how far he has come and why he is like the way he is. Like, let's, let's just put it out there that the only reason we need an explanation about why Star is distant with people in relationships is because Peter David broke it. So Tim Seeley had to fix it. Look, so, two-time Glad Award winner Peter David did a lot of stuff, including, you know, making it canonical and explicit that Shatterstar and Richter are a couple. Uh, but he also did some other stuff. Yeah. Um, like, the, 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 the person you think Star is, like, from... Peter David's X Factor, the guy who like kisses everybody and flirts with everybody and does all that stuff, like the guy that you think that is, that's actually Novar. So if you want to read stories about a character that does those things, go read about Novar. Don't read about Star. He's actually not like that, unless you're Peter David, I guess. Um, yeah, th- it's an interesting one. I will say the flashback stuff uh, that's drawn by Gerardo Sandoval, uh, who's an artist I really like. Uh, I think he does a great job here, and I think that sells the emotional core of this story. Oh, yeah. So much better than the present-day stuff. Because uh, the present-day stuff, it's got it's got some quirks that I don't like. The meta-narrative stuff doesn't work. I get what Seeley's trying to do here, but I think it just – he drops the ball. And the problem is with meta-narrative stuff, it either works really well or it, doesn't, or it doesn't and you screwed up bad there's no middle ground of well it was okay meta yeah it um it's it's trying it stands out so much worse yeah it's it's trying to present this um as a like a television show that the grandmaster is running the star of shatter star that's also like mimicking the stuff that happened to him on his his mojo world which is very far removed actually from Longshot's mojo world because it's a hundred years in the future and those two places are just different um and it's got this like te- this n- this monologuing from the grandmaster that like I knew drove you up the wall. Um, it did. Uh, it's weird. Okay, what the grandmaster in this? The grandmaster in this. What role does he serve that isn't just Mojo? 
he's Shatterstar Mojo. That's what that's what he is here. He has TV stuff going on. He has Gladiator stuff going on. He's got the Death Sponsors, Mojo's old assassins from Shatterstar's time going on. What is the Grand Master doing here, except for having recently been in that Hulk film? Yeah, and I almost wondered why he wasn't more like Je- like the Jeff Goldblum Grandmaster. Um, like, yeah, lean into it more. Give him, give him his own like thing. It doesn't work. He doesn't work in this for me. I think that he and Star have some. Interesting chemistry at the end of this. Mm-hmm. I think the way that Star resolves this whole situation is really clever. The resolution's neat because Star comes to our reality and throws the Grandmaster off a bridge and says, physics works here, bro. Yeah. Um, And I really, really like that it's like wrapped up in this. And I, and you cannot, this is the deepest like the end, in my opinion, is really deep in f- as far as like Star and Rick is concerned. It should have been a chapter turning for them, right? Like this is them. This is Rick reaching across the universe to save Star and pull him back. That is extremely that it's extremely good. That made me cry it when is. I read it. It made it's me ex- cry when I re- when I read this, and I'm just like, it's what happened? Extremely here? good. It's extremely good. But <laughs> here's my biggest problem with this: Star does not get emotional stakes in the present day story. And those stakes aren't built. He has to save his tenants. Well, his tenants we met in like one panel each. The The only one that's recognizable is Pug Smasher, who's Flag Smasher, but from Spider-Ham's universe, so he's a pug. Yes. Uh, and Flag Smasher is not my favorite character uh, in general, so making him an annoying pug, worse. But <laughs> Shatterstar has to go save these characters that we've never met. We have no connection to. Shatterstar has no connection to. And then in the second issue, when we finally get him and Richter, like, teaming up and doing something cool, like, and having that connection and those emotional stakes, we then don't get that. We lose that just as quickly and go back to Shatterstar being here for the meet on uh, the Gladiator's planet trying to uh, save these people we've never met. And that doesn't work. I don't know why... Gladiator, I don't know why the Grandmaster didn't just kidnap X-Force and we just have him have old school X-Force all trapped up there. And then Shatterstar has to go rescue these people that he actually has a connection to and likes. Heck, make it X-Factor. I don't really care. Just people that he actually knows and that the audience has a connection to as well. That, I think, would work really well. Also, maybe not sidelining Richter this entire time because he's the most interesting bond with Shatterstar. I think issue number two is good for the exploration of them and making and and putting on the page without a question that they were together during X-Force. 
Like, that is something important that that second issue does. Um, but you're right. It should have... Rick should have been able to come with him. Well, especially... I, especially because I really do think that that would have given a super good parallel between the past stuff with Grimgren <laughs> and the current stuff with Richter. Like, yeah. I think that would have been very good to show how Shatterstar has evolved as a character. He's not this... Or maybe not even evolved, just you know, broken down what barriers got put up because he doesn't start as this unemotive person. His relationship with Gringrim, whatever, Grimgrave, Gringrave, 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 Grim, Grim, crackers. (laughs) Grimgrave is a magic. No, Grimgrin is a Magic the Gathering card. That's very good. It's a zombie. It's blue and black. It is a zombie Lord. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, I think his relationship with her essentially shut himself off from connections with other people, mm-hmm. which puts him in the exact mindset that we meet him in New Mutants 99 and 100. And I yes. really think that seeing his relationship with Richter in parallel uh, with the flashbacks would have shown where Shatterstar was, what happened to make him the way he became, and how Richter and that relationship pulled him away from that. Instead, the book posits that it's these relationships with his tenants. And that's mm-hmm. just... There, there's no core there. There's no bond. I don't get that. I think that rings false to me personally. No, and I think you, you, have, a, you, you have great points. I think the book would be so much better if those things happened. Um, I think, you know, when you're when you don't have a lot of time personally with the character mm-hmm. like this, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, you're kind of like, oh, this, this, this is good because this is what I have. Um, you know, and I think this book is better than that, but I think that it could have done some things to ultimately bring Rick and Star closer. Um, because for him, it's for me, at least it's all about him distancing himself from that person he used to be mm-hmm. and this book is really supposed to be about that so i think we get to a good conclusion but rick should have been a bigger part of of that story um i think that the fifth issue is probably my favorite out of this um mm-hmm. the art works for me and i think in a way that doesn't like the the, the modern art the, the carlos via art i think it works for me in a way that it doesn't work for you but i do agree. i think i think v is i think v is fine i think uh sandoval who's an artist that i have a lot of connection to stepped it up in these flashbacks agree i agree i think his art and i really liked the split was fantastic i think his art in the beginning of the fifth, fifth issue um where stars like having that nightmare mm-hmm. is really effective and like sure. horrifying and good um like that whole fifth issue for me was like you know those are like you want your characters that you love to have these like moments that you can pull back to you're like oh i want to show somebody what i love about this character here's this and i think this miniseries has a lot of those issues has a lot of those things you can do um because in good in good conscience unfortunately i can't go to x-factor investigations and say if you want to know about star read this i can do that for this book Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that's absolutely fair. Like, I think this is a good book. I think it's a flawed book. Yes. Yes. Now, we've talked about this for a while now. And <laughs> we got distracted by 15 minutes of talking about Do You Poo. Uh, <laughs> and we need, we need to rank this story. I'm going to throw... A, I'm going to throw one point of comparison out to you. I want to hear your thoughts. Because I okay. know we differ. So we'll find a right place. On our list at 148 is the X-Force road trip arc. Uh, the first part of that. Uh, that actually mostly deals with uh, Jimmy figuring out that werewolves killed his tribe. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm sad about that. I'm sorry, about, I'm sorry Jimmy. <laughs> I feel bad for him. It was a bad resolution to a story that they did not plan. No. Oh, Jimmy. I love Jimmy. Uh, do you like this better or worse than that? I like this better. Um, I'm biased, but I like this better. Okay. I think that's I think that's good. Uh, I would say that right, you know, not too far above that is at number 143, the Bishop miniseries, uh, the first one. And I think as a mini, these are about comparable. I think Bishop might work a little bit better than me. It do, it does a it does a little bit more character work. Actually, I'm looking right below this. This is not better than Mad Report Knights. Ooh, why is that? Okay, you know sometimes you look at this list, and I'm sure you do this a lot, and be like, mm, how'd that get there? <laughs> that, one's um, a, that one that one's a little low there. I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, but also, Mad- I think Mad Four Nights is better. Okay. Um, I do think it's. I I think it's better than Generation Phalanx, Phalanx Covenant Generation Next <laughs> at one forty two. Okay, hold on. I'm looking know, at this. I know. We're we're. This one's gonna we're, be hard. We're at odds here. We're mm-hmm. we're going to be at odds. I'm looking up. Uh, I don't think it's better than Arms of the Octopus. I don't think it's better than uh, the Steal This Planet Annual of New Mutants. Right. Uh, okay. Do you... Mm, mm, mm. How do you feel about it compared to Childhood's End slash Crusade from New X-Men? The teens New X-Men. Yeah, I don't have a lot of affection for that. Um, It's 137 too high for you personally? Yes, but here's why. Here's why. Mm, Okay, you know what I'll say? I'll say that it's better than number 138, that gold balls issue. Yes. But it's not better than that Rogue Mini, and I don't think it's better than Childhood End slash Crusade. I will compromise with you, friend. Good, because it's my list, and you don't have a choice, Charlie. (laughs) No, that's good. It's our new number 138, a respectable showing for the Shattered Star. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that is three stories. That is three stories. Uh, I want to thank Charlie so much for coming on the podcast today. It was a blast. We had a lot of laughs, a lot of guafs. We did. Uh, I didn't talk about wrestling once. You didn't, uh, which is important. (laughs) It's not that kind of podcast. 
it's not. We're not. We're not. We're not a wrestle wrestle boy podcast. I will tell which... you that you know that you know that uh that sword in the in the Shatterstar the first Shatterstar story, the Five Fingers of Annihilation. Yes, correct. John Cena's finishing move, or one of them, is called the Five Fingers of Doom. It's very good, but I, I can't to, see it. I needed. <laughs> you can't see. You know. I more. can't see you it. You know about. You know more about wrestling. Than I know. I know wrestling through osmosis. I drunkenly ra- watched five minutes of Lucha Underground once and said, I don't get this. <laughs> okay. I don't understand wrestling. That's and then fair. I stopped. All right. Well, that's... Th- that was me trying. I appreciate it. But at least you know you can't see John Cena, and that's very important. You can't see him. Can't stop him now. Nope. All right. Uh, hey, uh, this was fun. I'd like to thank Charlie for supporting uh, us on Patreon and choosing this episode and uh, being our guest host and being a fun friend. Hey, Charlie, what what you got going on in your world? Where can people find your uh, your brand? Well, um, my brand has necessarily not shifted, but it is a little different. Um, but you can find me over at Genetic Ghost on Twitter. Um, I'm waiting for Star to come back into a story, and I'm waiting for Rick to show up in Excalibur. So while I'm waiting, you fine folks get to be treated with um, a man named Jonathan Moxley on my Twitter. Um, but other than that, I am writing for Zach over at Xavier Files, um, every time Excalibur comes out, there is... Every time. Er time. There is an issue of Excalibur coming out this week, I believe, when the podcast goes up. Um, so I will be writing that with Nola Fow. Um, and uh, I think they're pretty great, so you should probably read them. I also have a podcast that I do with my partner Mikey and my friend Reed called The Young Ones. We have an episode coming out, came out last week, so you will be able to hear that. We took a break from going through Wolverine and the X-Men, Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X-Men, because um, that was a little harder, I guess, uh, than I thought it was going to be on my brain. So we took a bit of a break. We did a little episode where we talked about what's going on in our lives, so you can hear that over at Young Ones Cast on Twitter. And uh, that's me. Awesome. Uh, like Charlie said, we have articles on Xavier Files every week talking about all of the X books in the Dawn of X. Uh, and they're a lot of fun. We have a cast of writers that I am absolutely smitten with. Uh, such a good team. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, if you like me, uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Files and throw some money our way. Uh, that keeps this podcast going. Uh, and if you donate at a certain level, uh, we'll just start doing episodes about your stuff and your brand. So you can either curse us or bless us. It's your choice. Uh, it's a roll of the dice every time we go, and we try and get sevens, but sometimes, uh, sometimes snake eyes turn up, and that's just that's just the way things are. That's that happens to you and GI Joes and the GI Joes. It does. It does. Snake eyes is a good thing in GI Joe. Yeah, just snake eyes is the good one. Storm Shadow is the bad one. My yeah, but they're apologies. brothers. They have the mat- they have the matching wrist tattoos uh, from their clan. You know way more about GI Joe than I do. I know so much about the one issue of GI Joe. Uh, that silent, silent interlude or whatever. Okay. Uh, where Shatterstar and Storm Shadow find out that they're uh, clan brothers. Okay. All right. I never read it. Do want to though. Uh, Larry Hama read all of his Wolverine. He's a wild child. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also, if you want to hear about wild childs, listen to my other podcast, Boko No X Anime, uh, where we go through the X Men anime that was on G Four Tech TV. 
Uh, it's something else. It sure is something else. Are you having a good time, Zach? I'm having a great time. It's so fun. I get to argue about subs versus dubs. Often. And I'm sure that was something you absolutely wanted to do. I have so many strong opinions, and I'm not going to rehash them here. Uh, you can go over to that particular content channel uh, if that's what you want. What else do I do? Uh, Twitter, Xavier Files, friggin' you know me. You know you know this stuff. If this is your first episode, go listen to another one. I'll probably t- tell you all the places you can find me. Uh, but next week, next week we have a special guest host, uh, Sarah Century, uh, is going to be talking with me about some of the leaders of the X-Men. And as some co-hosts of this podcast would posit, all the best X-Men are women. So we're very excited uh, for that episode. Uh, Charlie, once again, thank you so much for being on with me today. Absolutely, Zach. Anytime. Well, anytime may happen sooner rather than later. But until then, this has been Bow the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. <laughs>